you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello, I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and I welcome you to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and simultaneously being broadcast to the folks out at Project Freedom Radio Network. And today's show is all about water, the elixir of life or the elixir of well-being. You know, clearly throughout all recorded history, there's always existed a reverence for the purity, the cleansing, and the healing properties of water. Some people suggest that the human body mimics the percentage of land mass to water on the earth. So the ratio of water to land mass on the earth is 70% water and 30% land mass. And some would suggest that human beings are at least 70% water. It may be that water is that elixir of well-being that we've all been looking for. And even if we factor in the wide approximations that are given, I've seen as low as 55% to as high as 75% of the human body being made up of water. You know, drinking water helps to maintain the balance of our body fluids. And the function of these body fluids aids in digestion, in absorption, in circulation, in the creation of our saliva, in the transportation of our nutrients throughout the body, and also it helps us to maintain a good body temperature. For myself, being near water means everything to me. It's a perfect reflection of the truth of my own free-flowing, all-embracing energy, my own nature that way. And it's symbolic for me of my willingness to tread uncharted waters, uh, to sink or swim, to float above the abyss. And for me, it is infinity. It's sustainability and the systematic nuances that make up at least 70% of who we are. I like to think that we're about as much love as we are water. And I'm born under the Scorpio sun sign, making water my natural element. I live overlooking the Ottawa River and know that the energy and the, the images of that large body of water outside of my window contributes to my overall inner calm. I love birds and whales and dolphins, all of whom I feel an amazing kinship with and whom are intrinsically connected to water. There are so many faiths that incorporate ritual washing, including Christianity, but also Hinduism and Buddhism, Sikhism, Judaism, Islam, the Baha'i faith, Shinto, Taoism, and even the Rastafaria movement. You know, immersion of a person in water 
is a central sacrament of Christianity, referred to as baptism. It's also a part of the practice of other religions, including the ritual, ritual bath of the mikvah in Judaism and Amrit Sankar in Sikhism. A ritual bath in pure water is performed for the death in many ri- religions, including Judaism and Islam. And in Shinto, water is used in almost all rituals to cleanse a person or even used to cleanse an area. In the King James Version, Peter 2, verse 3, it states that the earth was formed out of water and by water. And in the Quran, it states that living things are made of water. And it's often used as well to describe paradise. So here I just want to share a little affirmation with you from Louise Hay and Cheryl Richardson. It's in their book, You Can Create an Exceptional Life. And it's an affirmation that you can use while you're in the shower. And it goes like this. I love my body. And my body loves me. It's such a pleasure to take a shower. The water feels so good. I am grateful for the people who designed and built this shower. My life is so blessed. I am showered with good thoughts all day long. There is a little affirmation that you can take with you into the shower, in between the verses of whatever it is that you love to sing. So let's delve into the functions of water in the body. And this information is from the website mangosteennaturalremedies.com. It's really clear we're at least 70% water, so it's very clear that the cells in our body need water, really, from the top of our head to the tip of our toes. And that's why it's so important to drink enough fluid. Just as an example, your brain consists of about 90% water. And if you don't supply enough water to your body, then your brain can't function well. And you will likely get headaches or migraines. So next time that you're feeling fatigued and you feel a headache coming on, it may be a sign of dehydration. So treat yourself to a glass of water. As I mentioned earlier, in the statistics that I found, I heard things reported anywhere from 55% to 75% water. And some of this can depend on your body size. You know, a rule of thumb would be that two-thirds of your body consists of water, which really clearly makes water the main component of the human body. And I've often wondered 
if the causes of many difficulties in the body is actually stemming from dehydration on a cellular level, the cells themselves not having enough water. Now our tissues and our organs are mainly made up of water. And these are some of the estimated percentages of water that make up the tissues, the organs, fluids, and bones in the human body. So our lungs are 86% water. Muscle, 75%. The liver, 85%. Kidney, 83%. Heart, 75%. The brain, 90%. Our bones, 22%. Blood, 83%. Saliva, 95%. And perspiration, 95%. That's a lot of water. And this water in the body performs many vital functions. And here's a partial list of the daily activities in the body that are enhanced by our intake of water. So this good work that water does in the body helps us to maintain our well-being. The water transports the nutrients and oxygen into the cells. Water moisturizes the air in the lungs. It helps with our metabolism. Water protects our vital organs. And it helps our organs to absorb the nutrients. Water regulates the body temperature, detoxifies, and protects and moisturizes our joints. Sometimes when we have that experience of having pain and discomfort in our joints, it could, um, uh, we could feel an easing off of that if we increased our water intake. And here's a partial list of some of the harmful effects and symptoms of dehydration. Tiredness, migraine, constipation, muscle cramps, an irregular blood pressure, kidney problems, dry skin, confusion, and it's said that 20% high dehydrated would put you in a, a risk of death if you were 20% dehydrated. Now, people often wonder how to gauge whether or not they're getting enough water. And here are some indications that your body needs more water. So the dark urine, dark yellow or orange in color now, when you have sufficient water intake, then your urine is generally pale yellow to clear. So a dark color or a strong smell, not just one time, but a dark color or a strong smell indicates that you need to drink more water. Because sometimes you can get a strong smell just from eating uh, things as an example like asparagus. So it wouldn't just be one time.
But your urine may also appear a bright yellow or orange color as a result of sloughing off vitamins that your body's not absorbing. And this is especially true of the B vitamins. So dry skin is another indication. And skin is the largest body organ and requires ample amounts of water to stay hydrated. Thirst. Thirst is the most obvious sign that you're already dehydrated. So it's always a good practice to drink more water when you're not thirsty. Don't wait until you're thirsty. If you wait, then it is already a sign of being dehydrated. So hydration is so essential. Imagine hunger. Most people mistake hunger for the indication to eat more. Whereas a lot of times what's really happening is that you just may be dehydrated. So before you have your meal or before you go and reach for that snack, you could try drinking a glass of water. And then fatigue. Now water is a source of energy and drinking even one glass will give you a boost in your energy. When in doubt, drink a glass of water. And here's some benefits, some of the health benefits of drinking water. Certainly losing weight. Drinking water helps you lose weight because it flushes down the byproducts of fat and breaks that down. And drinking water can reduce your hunger. So it can be an effective appetite suppressant. You'll end up eating less. And obviously, water has zero calories. You know, water is a natural remedy for headaches. And it can help to relieve headaches and back pain due to dehydration. And although there are many other things that can contribute to headaches, dehydration is certainly a common one. You'll look younger when your skin is properly hydrated. Because water helps to replenish the skin tissues and it moisturizes the skin and increases the skin's elasticity. As mentioned earlier, your brain is mostly made up of water. So drinking water helps you to think better, to be more alert and more able to concentrate. And obviously then it would uh, increase your productivity at work or at play. And drinking water regulates your body temperature. So that means you'll feel more energetic when you're doing exercise. Water also helps to fuel your muscles, which in turn makes it easier to exercise. Drinking water also raises your metabolism because it helps in digestion. Fiber and water go hand in hand so that you can have your daily bowel movement. So water is really paramount for good digestion. And proper hydration keeps your joints and your muscles lubricated so you'll be less likely to get cramps and to get sprains. Drinking plenty of water helps fight against flu and other ailments like kidney stones and heart attack. 
And water with lemon is used for ailments like respiratory disease, intestinal problems, rheumatism, and arthritis. And one of the great benefits of drinking water is that it can help to improve your immune system. You know, water is used by the body to help flush out toxins and waste products from the body. So if your body lacks water, your heart, for instance, needs to work harder to pump out the oxygenated blood to all your cells. And then so do the rest of your vital organs need to work harder. So without sufficient water, your organs will be exhausted, and so will you. And drinking water, it just makes your body feel good which will naturally increase your mood and make you feel good, increase your happiness hormones. Drinking plenty of water can reduce the risk of cancer related to the digestive system. There are some studies that show that drinking a healthy amount of water may reduce the risks of bladder cancer and colon cancer. Water dilutes the concentration of cancer-causing agents that are in the urine, and it shortens the time which they are in contact with the bladder lining. People are always wondering, 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 how much water to drink? How much water to drink a day to avoid dehydration? And there isn't really a definitive answer because it really depends on a number of factors like your health, your activity level, the climate, your physical size, and your weight, and the environment. Now, we lose quite a lot of water through sweating, exhaling, and urinating. And in hot weather, you'll lose more water through sweating. In cold conditions, you tend to urinate more. But in the event of sickness like the flu and diarrhea, you lose a lot of fluid. When you weigh more, your body needs more fluid for your muscles and your organs and your bones. Now, there are many recommendations that advise that you should drink eight glasses of water. So that's eight glasses of 250 mils or eight ounces per glass, which would total approximately two liters of water a day. And you may wonder if eight glasses of water is enough. If you remove the environmental and the climate factors and your activity level, then the amount of water intake will vary according to your weight. So an accurate estimation is to drink at least half your body weight in ounces of water. So here's an example of how to work that out. Let's say you weigh 160 pounds. So half of that, 160 divided by 2, is 80. So you would drink 80 ounces of water per day. But if you're using kilograms, 
then you would divide the kilograms by 30. And then this gives you the water to drink in a day in liters. So as an example, if you weigh 75 kilos, 75 divided by 30 equals 2.5 liters of water per day. It's recommended to spread the water out evenly throughout the day. So if the amount of water is 80 ounces, you could spread that out by drinking one 10-ounce glass every hour for eight hours, or whatever interval is going to work for you. You know, which amounts to drinking approximately eight glasses of water per day. And if you're exercising, they suggest that you drink a cup or two of water 30 minutes before exercising as this will help to replenish the fluid loss and the fuel and it will fuel the muscles during your workout. So given that there are these other factors like your activity level and the environmental conditions that affect your water intake, as mentioned earlier, another way to know if you're getting enough water is to, to watch your urine output and also watch for other signs of dehydration, such as fatigue, headaches, difficulty concentrating. And remember, if you're thirsty, then you're already experiencing dehydration. Now, water's been used from, well, really time immemorial for curative purposes, and the world's oldest medical literature makes numerous references to the beneficial use of the bath in treating various diseases. So let's walk through the healing power of water throughout history based on some information gathered by Jethro Kloss. The well-learned Greek physician Hippocrates, he lived approximately 500 years before Christ and he's referred to as the father of modern medicine by some. And Hippocrates was the first to write about healing disease with water. He used water extensively both internally and externally in treating a wide, wide variety of illnesses. And long before Hippocrates recorded this ex his experiences with the healing properties of water, the Egyptians enjoyed bathing in their sacred river, the Nile. And there's pictures of ancient Egyptians found in tombs, showing people preparing for a bath. Even the story of the baby Moses, he was found in the bulrushes when Pharaoh's daughter went down to the river to bathe. And bathing held a prominent place in the instructions that were given by Moses under divine guidance for the way to govern the Hebrew nation. The relationship of bathing for treatment of leprosy would lead us to believe that it was used for curative effects. And the ancient Persians and Greeks, they erected stately and magnificent public buildings devoted to bathing. The Baths of Darius in 558 to 486 BC. He was one of the earliest Persian kings, and he was spoken of as being especially remarkable 
The Greeks were probably the first nation to use the bath for personal cleanliness as well as for health reasons. And Rome, Rome surpassed all the older nations in wealth, in the wealth that they poured into their magnificent bathing facilities. The first public bath was erected in Rome in the year 312 BC, and it used only cold water. But not long after that, warm water baths replaced all those that were previously only using cold water. And some of the greatest works of architecture in Rome were the warm public baths, which were supplied with every convenience for increasing the use and the luxury of bathing, as well as having more room for social gatherings. At one time, the number of public baths in Rome reached nearly 1,000. And two noted physicians of the Roman Empire, Celsus and Galen, praised they praised and they glorified the bath as being an invaluable treatment of a number of diseases. And Galen said that exercise and friction must be used with the bath in order to have the perfect cure. The Arabians have sometimes been looked upon as a wandering group of wild men. However, a thousand years ago, they had physicians amongst them that were some of the most learned men of that age. They were very sensible and enthusiastic about the benefits and healing properties of the bath. And in the early 1600 AD, public vapor baths were numerous in Paris, France. They were connected with the barber shops and Many of them are still present to this day. Dr. Bell of Paris states that in connection with the city hospitals, nearly 130,000 baths were given in a single year to outside patients. And according to the records of the German history, during the Middle Ages, when there were many cases of leprosy, it was a religious duty to bathe because of the national faith in bathing. And history also tells us that Emperor Charlemagne, who was a giant of a man, he was over seven feet tall, that he held court while relaxing in a huge warm tub. Then during the early part of the 18th century, water was used medicinally. Floyer published a history of bathing in which remarkable cures were reported, and he recommended the bath for numerous diseases. A minister named Mr. Hancock published a book called Common Water, The Best Cure for Fevers, and he published this book in 1723. You know, the early part of the 19th century, Vincent Presnick popped popularized the use of cold water as a curative measure. He was a peasant who lived in Austria from 1799 to 1851, and in the small Austrian town where he grew up, water was used by the people to treat many, many ailments. And Presnitz suffered a severe injury when he was a young man. Several of his ribs were broken and his chest was caved in on the left side by a loaded wagon. 
the doctors who came to see him didn't offer any hope for a cure. Yet several years earlier, he had successfully treated a badly crushed finger by holding it in cold water until the bleeding stopped and the pain was relieved. So he decided to treat his broken ribs in the same way, by taking deep breaths while leaning over a chair to expand his ribs and using cold water he was gradually completely cured. And it was not long after this that Presnitz began to use this cold water treatment on others, and his success greatly encouraged him. Yet it met with considerable opposition from the doctors because he was treating some of their patients and he was curing them after those doctors had given up on them. And that Although Presnitz, he had no formal education, he developed various ways of applying cold water to the body to treat different diseases. And today he's um, referred to as the father of modern hypnotherapy. He succeeded in restoring hundreds of people to health who had been pronounced incurable. You know, his friends claimed that he was a great discoverer, but he really didn't discover anything that had not been known already for thousands of years. And the famous neurologist in Vienna, Dr. Wilhelm Winternitz, went to observe Pritznet's water cure treatment in Austria. And he was so impressed with what could be accomplished with such simple means that he spent the rest of his life working to develop new methods of water treatment. And the influence of Dr. Winternitz was felt by such well-known American water cure advocates as Dr. Simon Baruch and Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. Dr. Kellogg was the director of the Battle Creek Sanitarium in Michigan, the largest hydrotherapy treatment center in the United States until it was destroyed by fire on February 18th in 1902. But he developed many new treatments, including the electric light bath, which used natural methods. So the water cure spread to America around 1850, and until 1854, it prospered greatly. But most of the doctors were opposed to the treatment. And at about 1870, they successfully had a law passed that prevented the water cure practitioners from practicing in New York. The North American Indians used baths for many diseases. They developed original ways of giving both water and vapor baths. And the vapor bath was the most commonly used. And it was followed by a plunge into a cold stream. This is some um, similar to the custom that's widely practiced in Finland of jumping into either the snow or ice-cold water following a hot sauna bath. And the native Mexicans also used hot air bath saunas. They confined themselves in a brick house that's heated by a furnace that's located on the outside. And people also enjoyed and benefited from the remarkable virtues of hot mineral springs that are used for external treatments. And there are places in the world where people are still doing that. Some are doing it outside in the open natural springs. And in other places, they've actually captured that water from the springs and, 
and um, put it in inside pools. You know, in earlier times, people thought that water was a cure-all and that the cold water was the only remedy, no matter what the condition or the disease. But for good health, rest, pure energy, nourishing and simple whole foods, sunlight, and exercise are all, all of equal importance to water. And even though that's true, water's an important agent in the treatment of many ailments when it's correctly applied and used with other forms of treatment. No, there is always uh, that ongoing debate about how much water one should drink each day and whether or not beverages like coffee and tea count towards that amount of required water. Now, most of us know that coffee and tea contain caffeine and that caffeine is a diuretic. And diuretics do the opposite of hydrating you. And that's true even with decaffeinated coffee and tea because they do have some caffeine in them. So a cup of coffee has about 200 mg's of caffeine. And a cup of tea has a bit less, 40 to 100 mg's, depending on the strength of the tea. However, the general consensus as of late is that despite the caffeine, these beverages still count towards your fluid intake for the day. And the reason behind that is thought that although caffeine is a diuretic, the amount in a strong cup of coffee or tea is simply not enough to totally dehydrate you. So there will still be a net gain of fluid. So for the overall gain of fluid in tea and coffee as well as naturally occurring in water and fruits and vegetables and soups, that all of this translates into the intake of your of fluid for the day. Now, having said that, on a personal note, I really noticed the difference between drinking decaffeinated tea and coffee versus drinking water. And I try to maintain a substantial eight glasses of water a day, regardless of how much decaffeinated tea or coffee I drink. You know, I start the day with a couple of glasses of water before drinking or eating anything. And there are several schools of thought on this issue because some still maintain that it needs to be water, whereas others maintain that any water intake, any fluid intake. But generally speaking, I feel lighter, brighter, certainly more regular with my digestion and bowel movements, and more energetic when my liquid intake is mostly water. Either through drinking glasses of water or the natural occurring water in fruits and vegetables. Now, at times when I'm not mindful and I come, you know, I can become more lax in my water intake and start slowly increasing the decaffeinated coffee or tea intake. But I do notice that during those times my joints are not as fluid and I tend to notice a heavier feeling in my body. 
my mind and thoughts are not as clear as I sometimes, and, and I also sometimes experience, you know, mild aching in my limbs. So really, I encourage you to be the judge for yourself. Experiment for yourself and see if you can maintain a balance of fluid intake and types of drinks that not only taste good, but help you to feel good as well. And you can keep your eye on those indicators, as we mentioned earlier, in terms of the urine output and headaches or fatigue or uh, confusion, these types of things that might indicate that even though you may be drinking lots of tea or lots of coffee or fruit juice or whatever your liquid intake is that you prefer, that you may still notice that it's not doing the same not giving you the same level of well-being as if you would be drinking water. So I encourage you to be mindful of that. And here's just a few tips. You know, if you think that you need to be drinking more, here's some easy ways to just increase your water intake and get those good benefits. You could try having a beverage, you know, just before every snack or every meal. Eat more fruits and vegetables because their high water content will add to your hydration. About 20% of our fluid intake comes from the food that we eat. You could keep a bottle of water with you in your car, at your desk, in your bag, or by your bedside table. And then just be mindful to choose the beverages that meet your individual needs. If you're watching calories, obviously you want to go for beverages that Uh, don't have a high caloric intake. And fruit juices, you would, if you haven't looked, you may be very surprised at the number of um, grams of sugar in a glass of fruit juice. It's very, very high. Some of them as high as almost 40 grams of sugar in one glass of juice, which is a lot of sugar. So we have some surprising benefits here from Susan Hall. The benefits of drinking water, not drinking tea or coffee. So she says that it can make your skin glow, it can decrease your waistline, and even sparkle up your home. Many studies show that you can look significantly younger just by keeping your skin hydrated. And Howard Murad, MD, he's the author of a book called The Water Secret, The Cellular Breakthrough to Look and Feel 10 Years Younger. He says that water naturally plumps your skin and fills in the fine lines and wrinkles. And it boosts that uh, last you know, a a complexion that is really lacking luster. So he recommends drinking lots of water and using products on the skin that contain halororic acid, which creates a moisture barrier, helping it to hold on to the water longer. And you may want to check if your tap water is safe. You could visit the Environmental Working Group, ewg.org, which houses water safety ratings for cities across the country. And if you live in a place with a bad rating, 
or if your home is older and has lead pipes, or even if you don't like the taste of your tap water, you could use a filter like the Brita or some kind of on-tap faucet mounting filtration system to get clean water in your home and into your body. Washing your hands regularly with soap and lukewarm water is the best way. We hear that again and again, and we see it now posted in, in even some of the restrooms. It's the best way to keep those germs at bay that can make you sick. And then hand hygiene doesn't stop when the faucet turns off. Drying your hands properly is also essential. And according to a study uh, in the Journal of Applied Microbiology, it found that even slightly damp hands can increase the spread of bacteria. So be sure to dry your hands thoroughly. And if you're using one of those electric air dryers, don't rub your hands together while you're doing that. The study also says that this action could increase the growth of the bacteria. And for those that subscribe to such activities, there's nothing like a warm bath to melt away stress. You can get even more out of your time in the tub if you add bath oils. Dr. Murad says that it will attract the water to your skin and make it smooth and silky and more able to hang on to that healthy hydration that you're soaking in. And follow your soak by gently patting yourself dry immediately. You could apply a body lotion, oil, or body butter to help lock in the moisture. And lots of people, myself included, use essential oils also in the bath water to help melt away stress. You could also add Epsom salts for sore, achy muscles and also um, baking soda, which is also a great way to cleanse your body and your energy. Now, we've all been told that drinking water could help you drop pounds. And there is some research. There's a study that was done uh, last year by the American Chemical Society, and it reported that adults who drank eight ounce glasses of water before breakfast, lunch, and dinner tended to eat 75 to 90 fewer calories during each meal. And over a three-month period, the studies, the participants in that study that were drinking the water they lost an average of five pounds more than the dieters who didn't drink water. Before you apply makeup, you could splash your face with cold water. This simply trick it, it shrinks your pores naturally, and it makes for a better foundation. Your foundation will stay on and look smoother. And that's a tip from Rennie Roulet, the skin care expert. Now, dehydration doesn't just make you feel thirsty. Research from Tufts University says that even mild dehydration is associated with feelings of anger, depression, and confusion. And also a study from King's College in London found that long periods of dehydration could impair your brain functions, the functions that are associated with planning and spatial relations. So if you're finding your mood getting a little cranky, it could be that you're dehydrated. Drink more water. If you have acne or other skin irritations, you could try this 
drink hot lemon water first thing in the morning to reduce the bacteria internally, which will lessen the breakouts. So that does wonders for the bacteria in your belly. And then eating colorful raw fruits and vegetables can provide your cells with structured water, which is the best form. Structured water stays in your system long enough to nourish and hydrate your cells. And then as a bonus, these sources of water are also rich in cell-protecting antioxidants and health-enhancing fiber. So things like cucumbers, papaya, watermelon, celery, these are just some of the types of produce that is more than 90% water. Then the next time you're feeling a scratch, kind of that scratchy feeling in your throat, you could try doing the saltwater gargle. It can't hurt you, and according to the Mayo Clinic, it just might help. So stir just a quarter teaspoon of salt into an 8-ounce glass of warm water. Take a sip and gargle. And then you could spit the water out and repeat until the glass is empty. So that's good for a scratchy throat. It's also good for sores in your mouth, cankers in your mouth. And water is pure and gentle on its own. But when combined with other natural ingredients, it becomes a, a superstar cleaning agent. And uh, Sarah Snow, she's a green lifestyle expert and author of Sarah Snow's Fresh Living for a Spotless Home Without Using Chemicals. So she's got some suggestions here of uh, simple suds mixtures that you can make that are natural and no chemicals. So to fight grime, she suggests combining water with baking soda to make a paste, which you can use then if you have something that is tough that needs to be scrubbed. You can use it on your tub or you can use it in the kitchen with uh, dishes. And then to take care of bacteria, you could mix equal parts water and distilled white vinegar into a spray bottle. And you can use this to disinfect the kids' toys or the cutting boards and the counters in the kitchen. And then for de-streaking the glass, you could pour a quarter cup of lemon juice into a spray bottle and then fill the rest with water. And you could spray it on your windows or your mirrors to remove fingerprints and other spots. So it's really great to have those tips, especially for people who are sensitive to those chemicals that are in the cleaning products. They're quite, they can be quite toxic, especially if you have um, um, respiratory sensitivities. And obviously these cleaning ways without chemicals are very friendly on the environment. You know, we all know that eating veggies is a key to great health. But it's also good to know that how you prepare them is just as important. And according to Alan Logan, he's the co-author of Your Skin Younger, New Science Secrets to Reverse the Effects of Age. 
He says that cooking vegetables without water on high heat can contribute to inflammation in the body, which can lead to faster aging. So he's suggesting instead of roasting or grilling your vegetables or frying your vegetables all the time, you could just pop them into a steamer and it will help you make youth-enhancing side dishes, he says. We could all use some of that. So water can be naturally damaging to your hair if it's too hard or if it's too soft. And this is information from Louis Alvarez. He's a stylist and co-creator of the Aqua Age Salon products. He says that hard water is harsh on the hair and soft water can leave your hair limp and lifless. So he's suggesting to get hair to be its best, follow your shampoo and conditioner with a hydrating product. And one that he recommends is Biomega Moisture Mist because it will seal the cuticles of your hair and lock in the shine. Now, water's calming effects are immeasurable. And the sound of running water triggers an immediate soothing response, which can reduce stress. You know, you don't have to have a waterfall in your backyard. You can rig up something small as a, even a tabletop fountain in your office or in your home, and it can be just as effective for you. Or even there's so many tapes, CDs, MP3s, little things you can download that have that sound of, of water in them. I remember particularly liking when they put out one with the Pasha, Pasha Bell Cannon in the background and you hear the waves as well. I particularly liked that one for its relaxation, relaxation effects. And, you know, Feng Shui emphasizes the benefits of bringing running water into your home to enhance your overall happiness and peace. Doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> overall happiness and peace. Let's have some of that. Drink more water. <laughs> so here, just a reminder of a few tips here. So through the posterior pituitary gland, your brain communicates with your kidneys and tells it how much water to excrete as urine and how much to hold on to for reserves. So if you keep drinking water, that's the best way to keep that all in good balance. And alcohol interferes with the brain and the kidney communication and causes excess excretion of fluids, which can lead to hydration, dehydration. Again, food with high water content tends to look larger. It's like a higher volume and requires more chewing. It's absorbed more slowly by the body, which helps you to feel full. So water-rich foods, including fruits, vegetables, broth-based soups, oatmeal, and beans, these are great. Especially, it gives a good intake of water and fluid, and also for people that are wanting to... Um, decrease their calorie intake. And then dehydration makes your skin look more dry and wrinkled, which can be improved with proper hydration. And then water helps energize your muscles. Cells that don't maintain their balance of fluids and electrolytes will shrivel, which can result in muscle fatigue. So when muscle cells don't have adequate fluids, they don't work as well, and then your performance can suffer. And then added adequate fluid and fiber is the perfect combination because the fluid pumps up the fiber 
and acts like a broom to keep your bowel functioning properly and keep a healthy gut, which is so important for everything, for everything. So to end our time today together, I have another affirmation from Louise Hay and Cheryl Richardson. Again, it comes from their book, You Can Create an Exceptional Life, and it's an affirmation for healing. I love myself, and I forgive myself. I forgive myself for allowing my anger, resentment, fear, or whatever it is that I hold on to, to harm my body. I deserve to be healed. I am worthy of being healed. My body knows how to heal itself. I cooperate with my body's nutritional needs. I feed my body delicious, healthy foods. I love every inch of my body. I see cool, clear water flowing through my body and washing away all impurities. My healthy cells grow stronger every day. I trust life to support my healing in every way. Every hand that touches my body is a healing hand. My doctors are amazed by how quickly my body is healing. Every day, in every way, I am growing healthier and healthier. I love myself. I am safe. Life loves me. I am healed and whole. It is a beautiful, beautiful affirmation on healing from Louise Hay and Cheryl Richardson. I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety. I am your ever-grateful host, Leah Brenda-Smith, and I hope you've picked up some good tips on the healing benefits of water, and I hope to see you all around the water cooler. So until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.